0: We're focusing on promoting Norway in a different way, rather than doing what Norway did before, trying to hide that we're high cost and push prices. We're trying to drive quality and attract the right travelers.
1: Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success.
0: We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a
1: month um, in that span of, of nine years. End struggle.
0: I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet, and I, I did it.
1: And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello. Hello. My name is Kara and welcome to the travel business lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. In today's episode, we talk all about harnessing technology to help grow your travel business. Torin from up Norway is the founder of this incredible travel curation brand that is focused on sustainable luxury they put together tailor-made luxury journeys within Norway, Torin's home country, for guests from around the world. And what I found really fascinating in this conversation was Torin's use of technology to really streamline her processes, but also to get to know her customers and figure out what exactly they're looking for, even if they don't know it themselves. I think a lot of times business owners approach the technology side of their business as a bit of a Pain point as an additional thing that needs to be dealt with. You know, finding the right booking system or the right software is a bit of an afterthought at times. But for Torin, it's integral to the success of her business. And honestly, after chatting with her, it's really changed my perception of the role of technology within a travel brand. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and also feel equally inspired to re-examine your use of technology within your own business. Also, just hearing Torin's passion for sustainability and her commitment to working with sustainable suppliers and creating partnerships that really benefit both parties involved. She's so down to earth, so transparent in her approach and also just such an innovator in this industry. I feel privileged to have had the opportunity to speak with her. So I really hope you enjoy the episode. And as always, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a review or giving us a five star rating. It really makes all the difference and is very much appreciated. But without further ado, let's get into the episode with Torin from Up Norway. All right. Hello, Torin. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. Likewise. I was so excited to discover your business. Like I said in our emails beforehand, I read an article about you and Jen looked on your website, read a bit about how you've founded this incredible brand up Norway and the journeys that you put together look amazing. I love that you're a female founder and it seems like you've had incredible growth. So I'm super excited to get to know more about you and your business. But before we get into what's happening today, let's hear a little bit more about your background and how you got into travel. Sure. To start from the beginning, I've always loved
0: making other people happy through experiences. So I've always had that uh, service gene, I guess. And uh, when I was very young, I didn't travel a lot because we couldn't afford to travel a lot abroad when I was younger. So my second trip was actually an exchange that I did, a youth exchange in Australia back in 1999. And after that, I was bit by the bug and have traveled ever since. So I did my hospitality management education in Dubai and Switzerland. I did the internships and training in Thailand and the Maldives. I continued to work with the Jumeirah in Dubai within Quality Assurance when I was done. And then... Uh, I traveled to Bhutan to fulfill one of my dreams of working with Amman Resorts in Bhutan. And uh, at one point, I had to sort of leave that fairy tale and return to Norway, started working as a consultant and realized that Norway was not sold for what it was worth. And it was quite obvious to me that we had to make some new market concepts. And that it was also possible to act on some new travel trends and also use digital channels to reach out to travelers directly rather than going through very often three intermediaries, which is well was common then and is quite common even now. So we are in direct contact with our partners and travelers and basically then have made a company where we're focusing on promoting Norway in a different way. Rather than doing what Norway did before, trying to hide that we're high cost and push prices, we're trying to drive quality and attract the right travelers. So we're trying to make it easy for those who want to come here to plan and book their journeys in Norway and leave with an impression that they really experience the best of the country.
1: That's definitely the impression I got when I looked on your website. Now, just to clarify, would you say you're a travel planner or a tour operator. I see that you offer both tailor-made journeys and it looks like pre-designed journeys. Can you describe a little bit more about about that? Yeah, we call ourselves a
0: travel curator. So I wouldn't say we're a travel agency, we're more of a travel company or a travel specialist. And uh, I guess the, the term tour operator is kind of outdated, I believe, in so many ways. Uh, Because we're not really operating tours, we're more curating personalized journeys for quality conscious, call it modern travelers. So we specialize in sustainable luxury, a term that we're still working on defining every single day. But I guess you can explain it as what the modern traveler now perceives as luxury. So, more than materialism, it's more about wanting to do good, travel with meaning, authenticity, meeting real people. Of course, having high standard on facilities and service, but maybe then engaging in real experiences rather than so-called tourist experiences. So, um, yeah, we curate personal journeys and to answer your question about the difference between the itineraries that we portray on our website and the curated journeys, the um, itineraries that we have on the website are more of examples to show travelers what we can offer, the diversity of what we can offer. And then they can either make a request on those journeys, they can book it as is, or they can have it personalized to them. Or most often we start from scratch. We, we map out someone's preferences and interests or almost like a matchmaker, like a Tinder for travel, but rather than matching a, a person with a love partner we match a person with the right experience based on their interests and preferences. And then we put that together in a seamless journey.
1: Great. I saw yeah, I saw that when you go through the tailor-made journey section of your website, you do have this questionnaire that you follow. What, how do you pull out what people want? What kind of questions are you asking to figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> so we've spent a, a
0: lot of time finding the right balance between Asking enough questions to have something to start with, but also not asking too many questions because then we lose potential travelers along the way. So we try to map out interest, the season they like to travel, their reason to travel, which is the most important for us to discover so that we can make sure that those expectations are met in the best way possible. And we try to do it in a very interactive and engaging way. So we engage through pictures and uh, it's not required that you have to add a lot of written information in that uh, form or process that we call Tailor My Journey.
1: Interesting. I think that's such a fascinating part of People working as travel curators or travel planners is actually picking out the information because so often you have guests arrive on your website or learn about your business and they're not really sure what they even want. They're, they're interested in you know, your destinations that you offer, but they have no idea what they're after. Exactly. And um, what you're
0: saying there is so important because many people have the perception that customers, call them that in all different situations, want choices, But our experience is not that our travelers want choices. They want to offer information about themselves, which they do know and are sure of. And then they want to provide that information so that we can make the best choice on their behalf. If we give travelers a lot of alternatives, you'll always think about, did I make the right choice? What about the alternatives that I said no to? So we try to really discover who is this person? How can we best cater to their dream journey? And then we give that one choice. And of course, if they want changes, they can ask for them and we can adjust. But we really try to make the best choice on our traveler's behalf. And I can also add that as a company, we're operating in probably the country in the world with the highest cost of people. So for us, it's been essential that we develop very clever technology to be able to reduce the time that it takes us to cater to each and every journey. So in the beginning, it took us probably more than 12 hours to create one journey. Of course, now with the pandemic behind us, it's taken us probably three days to curate one journey. But with technology, we're aiming to reduce that time so that we're basically trying to use technology to create a better and more personalized journey rather than replacing that personalized service. But it's all this
1: fine balance that we're trying to find between technology and people. That's so interesting. Are are you using a specific type of survey software or is this completely unique to your business?
0: Yeah, it's unique to our business. So we've made a booking and admin system that we've called uh, Uptur. And uh, we've spent years trying to experiment with the technology and features we need to be able to service both our travelers and our partners, the suppliers, in the best way possible. So this technology is quite unique and it's something that we're still working on adding features to and uh, improving. So we are looking at maybe say towards the end of 2003, maybe we'll even sell our technology to, to other travel curators who need the same type of systems to move away from the Word documents and Excel sheets that we do know are very common. And for us, that technology is also going to help us Learn more about travelers, learn more about um, patterns so that we can, in a way, build artificial intelligence into that system and maybe make some initial suggestions without uh, guests having to wait for us to get back to them immediately. So, for us, you know, it's essential to work with technology in the world that we're living in today. And it's an important part of what we do. And we do have um, integrations to other systems as well. For example, for our itineraries, we currently use uh, Travify, which we've been very happy with. And we do have an API integration between our own system and Travify, the itinerary application.
1: That's great. And for those who don't know anything about Travify, what do, what exactly does it do? Yeah, so when we, uh, let's say
0: that you sent us a request, you went through the tailor my journey process on our website, we would then get a request through our system. We would review that information and then we would be able to build a first proposal using the intelligence that we had stored in Uptur, our system. And then basically we can adapt that journey to cater to your unique interests and preferences. But we would have images and some text as well, descriptions of what we're trying to promote and suggest to you, we'd have that ready. So it's ready to edit rather than starting from scratch every single time. And then we can send you that proposal. We can adjust it based on your feedback. And when you're happy, we can push that proposal to Travify. And then what Travify does is that it uh, presents it in a, like before you would have a PDF Describing each and every day of your journey, and uh, also storing your confirmation numbers, etc. We have all of that presented to guests in the digital itinerary in an app. So the app is uh, developed by Travify. And it basically allows guests to just use that app to see the essential information they need, to travel, to get around, to know where they're going, to see their confirmation numbers. They can even chat with us live. We have a 24-hour concierge service that they can use. There are map functions. We add our insider recommendations, travel tips. If something happens, like if weather happens, like it very often does in Norway, we have to change something. We can do that live and just inform the guests the travelers through chat that we made that change for them.
1: Wow. That sounds incredible. We'll, we'll definitely link to Travify in the show notes. I wonder, do you pay a fixed like monthly rate to have access to that? Or do you pay per departure? Yeah. yeah.
0: No, we pay a monthly fixed rate to Travelfy to have access to that.
1: Okay. Very interesting. And I love your focus on technology. Was that always a focus from the beginning or, or an interest of yours? Or has it kind of grown with the business? It's always been an
0: interest and it has grown with the business. Uh, We added a a very good CTO to our team in our second year of operations, first as a consultant and now as a full-time team member. And we've seen that to make this company sustainable, meaning profitable in a country like Norway. And I think also going into the modern world, technology is a must have. It's not something that you can choose not to focus on. And for us, with the interest that we're currently experiencing, we would have no chance in the world to be able to cater to all the requests that we get if we didn't have a good system that could help us. So for us, it's essential. And it's also a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love, I absolutely love that. How how many years into the business are you now? Yeah, so I started the company in 2016. So we had a functioning
0: website from, I guess, uh, year ending 2016, early 2017, Okay. And now we have had uh, two sets of websites. And now within the next month or so, we're about to launch our third website design. And this one will be even like a lot better and a much more modern uh, high, well, high tech version of the one we have now. And it's designed by uh, a Norwegian design and architecture firm called Snøhetta. So they're quite well known also internationally for the projects they've that they've done. And they also have the same focus as us on sustainability, trying to inspire, trying to make a difference in the world through how they basically do their designs.
1: That's great. I really like that you continue to live up to your values in not just working with travel partners, but also design partners, et cetera, who who match those values. Yeah. I'm very curious about your use of technology. In terms of marketing, I, I, I just assume that you're going to be a very data-driven person when it comes to marketing. What, what sort of channels are you marketing? How are you advertising and promoting your services? I think one of the things that we did differently
0: all the way from the beginning is that like back even you know 2016, it was quite normal to focus on geographical marketing. like you decide on the country you want to market to uh, rather than focus on one niche. So we've never done uh, geographical marketing. We've always looked at what are the niches we want to reach? What are the type of interests that we can cater to the best? What can Norway cater to the best? And then we've looked at designing concepts and also content. Then we have pushed out through relevant channels and uh, connected with people who do have those interests and therefore find us and find Norway. So we have worked a lot with, of course... SEO with uh, having good organic content as well as using keywords. However, since the pandemic hit, we haven't used any paid advertising at all, any paid uh, AdWords. We have managed just on uh, organic content. So for us, being able to not hide what Norway can offer behind uh, you know a very simple website, we would rather showcase what Norway has to offer because... If we can also serve as a billboard effect for travelers who are not necessarily looking for a tailored journey or a curated journey, but maybe want to choose Norway as their travel destination and choose something within the field of sustainable luxury, because our content has inspired them, then of course, we're happy to do that too. But then to go back to your question marketing strategies I never thought that word of mouth for example would be such an important channel to us because I thought that maybe people will only go to Norway once but we have sold so much just based on the word of mouth effect from person to a family member to a friend to a business contact and we've also had several of our guests who have traveled with us not just once but who also returned for different occasions maybe in a different season etc so we really try to spend a lot of time developing attractive travel concepts and make content that can portray that in the best way possible. And that does generate a lot of requests.
1: That's great. And I mean, you said that you, you're not focused when you're marketing on a particular like, location of people, but do most of your travelers seem to come from a particular place or is it really all over the world?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. We do have most of our travelers from the States. Uh, We do see that in Europe, the UK is now an emerging market uh, because there are also good flights. So many people come not for a whole week, but they can also come for a long weekend. Of course, the States, because there are many good flights now from several of the bigger cities in the States, uh, we do see interest in Australia New Zealand and we like that they can come for longer journeys. We have started to sell many journeys now that are three weeks plus and very often from long-haul destinations far away. We uh, we also like the Middle East. We see that they come with a completely different cultural background. We don't necessarily cater to the ultra, ultra rich who uh, who are sort of don't want to say the wrong word, but I guess non-approachable in some way. We very often have, like the travelers we have, they are generally kind, interested in learning, interested in being inspired. And the type of Middle Eastern guests we've had, we've seen that they choose us and they choose Norway because they want to learn about Norwegian culture. They want to learn about Norwegian values. They want to take their sons and daughters to the top of a mountain to spend time in nature, to get away from buildings and the the fast pace of life and it's a very rewarding market or very rewarding travelers to serve because they feel and they report back that they get so much out so much value from their journey so that's always fun
1: that is nice and it's really impressive to see that you've touched you know your guests come from from so many different places so you've used the term sustainable luxury a lot and I'd love to just dive into that a little bit more. Can you give examples of some of the experiences that you offer or journeys that you've put together that really, you know, represent what up norway is all about? Definitely.
0: I think for us being able to do activities in nature, not just as part of a big group where you're one in a crowd, But being able to spend private time as a couple, as a solo traveler, or as a family together with a professional and certified nature guide will not just give you the opportunity to enjoy being in the outdoors, but it would also teach you, you know, why should you move around in nature in this way? What grows here? You know, what is this plant? What's happening now with climate change? How can you see that with the movement of the glaciers, which we do have a lot of? How can you be safe when you move in, um, in snowy slopes, for example. You get so much more left out of that type of guided experience rather than just moving in a big crowd where you're not really taking time or having the opportunity to observe and learn from that experience and be inspired to maybe take care of nature in a different way. We also have, like for business travelers in particular, we've had... Um, visits to businesses that have gone from being traditional industrial businesses uh, that pollute etc to now changing into uh, circular businesses that are using green methods that are changing the way that a business should be that maybe changing the definition of what industry is and i think one really good example of that is Uh, There's one company in Norway called Vestra, and they are a furniture producer. And their vision is to make super durable furniture that can last for many, many years so that you don't have to replace it. And if you need a new part for that that, uh, particular furniture, you can always get that part, even though it was made 70 years ago. And it should be durable in all types of weather. It should be functional. One example, they've said that If they're making a bench for an airport, for example, it shouldn't have armrests in the middle. If someone wants to sleep, you know, let them sleep. If someone wants to talk, invite people to talk, engage. And they've now built a whole new building in the forests outside of a town in Norway called Kongsvinger. And this building is shaped like a cross, like a plus sign. So it's called the plus. And their vision is that that factory that furniture factory will be the world's most sustainable furniture and color factory. But they've made that factory into a showroom for travelers. So it's also accessible for people who travel for leisure or business who want to come and learn about how you can do industry in a very sustainable and modern way. And those are the type of... um, experiences that we can include in a journey another example is a farm visit which we very often include where people get to have a close-up with the farmers see how ecological farming is done see why Norway has the highest animal welfare and animal health in the world taste the products directly from the farmers and that is something that truly makes uh, an impression like someone referred to it as having been at a a real McDonald's farm. <laughs> <laughs> so just just seeing, you know, where things come from, what we eat, how it's grown, why they grow, how qualities of things are different because they're grown in the Arctic, what challenges that gives us living in the Arctic. You know, how why did Norway come to be or Norwegians come to be the type of people who we are? How have we grown up before we found oil? How has the oil shaped us? What responsibilities are we now taking because we have that oil money? And we try to share those types of stories through engaging people in places that we know well with people who we know well, who are good storytellers.
1: I think that's such a more powerful approach as well, because rather than just trying to convince people to live a certain way or make certain decisions, when you actually show the impact that you can have or the you know a more sustainable approach that you could take. It makes such a difference. It
0: does. And I can mention one more example that I also really like. And that is uh, an island outside of Bergen called Feie. And on this island, there is a female investor who has bought an old um, craft brewery and she's made it into a distillery where they're now producing gin and whiskey. And her vision is to produce the world's best whiskey because there's no reason why Norway, being on the same altitude as several places in Scotland, why we shouldn't be able to produce the world's best whiskey. But it's not just about the whiskey. It's about turning that island from a place where people move from to a place that people move to. So they've engaged this amazing, incredible team of women who are now going to build that destination around the distillery. And the whole purpose of why they're doing this is also that they're going to demonstrate and tell the world why it's it's important for women to own. So they have invited only female investors and hundreds of them to invest in this distillery. Because as of now, in Norway, more than 80% of the people who own on the stock market are men. And more people, like more women, need to own And they want to illustrate that through this project. So they have a strong story to tell. And they have this amazing destination that they're building that they want to share with the people. And there's also a um, very well-known architect, Todd Saunders, who has now drawn a hotel that they're going to build out there. So within a few years, there will be a super yeah, excellent hotel as well to cater to the travelers who go out there. And those are the type of places and people that we want to showcase our guests on an up Norway journey.
1: That sounds fantastic. And now I have to ask, how, how do you find these local suppliers? How are you sourcing these people? And how are you making sure that they meet your sustainability requirements? Yeah, uh, we travel a lot.
0: So our team, uh, we travel constantly uh, around the country and we talk to our partners. We ask our partners if they know about anyone else we should talk to. We have regular contact with our partners in the destination companies. We engaged in um, in workshops. We um, basically we try to when people contact us, which more and more people have started to do now, we'll always investigate if this is someone who we want to to look at closer. And then to answer your question about how we quality assure our partners, make sure that they share our vis- vision, live up to our standards. We have a partner contract that we've made where we specify what are our expectations to their delivery? Who are our guests? What do they expect? And we also tell them what they can expect from collaborating with us. So we need to make sure that we can cater to their needs and what makes them happy. It's not just about us making the guests happy. We also have to make our partners happy and add value to them so that they are motivated to take the best care of our guests. So in that contract that we have with them, We ask them, you know, what are the main initiatives that they do for sustainability? We ask them to document what type of training their guides have to make sure that when we send guests along their guides on a trip, whether it is a glacier tour or kayaking or whatever, that that guide knows what to do if something should happen. We also tell them what type of standard we're expecting for our guests and then What we've seen is that this process of getting that partner agreement signed has been very positive because it's also given us a chance to talk to them about, you know, what are they doing for sustainability? What is sustainable about what they're doing? And they've seen themselves in a new way. And also we have talked a lot about how we can develop experiences together based on what we see that clients are after, what the trends are and what they experience when guests come to them. So we work really closely with our partners and always try to, to make sure that we get feedback from them and they get feedback from us so that we can both improve.
1: That's such a great approach again, just because rather than seeing other people in your industry as competition, you're forming an alliance of working together and trying to change you know, the standards of the industry. Yeah,
0: and I think for us, that's always been uh, very important. And we've had competitors who have asked us to get a copy of that partner contract. And we've shared it because we think that if our competitors also start uh, setting requirements to the suppliers that we work with, then we can together, you know, we can build Norway as a travel destination and we can make it uh, like our name is Up Norway. And that means that everything we're trying to do should be upgraded. And if more people are pushing suppliers to be more sustainable, to add more quality, to offer better service, then you know we're making Norway more attractive as a travel destination, which is part of our vision. And we think that Norway has... It, we have space for so many more guests who want to come our way all year and in so many different areas that are not well promoted today. So if more people are out there and trying to promote Norway as a sustainable luxury destination... Then there will be more for all of us, and we'll also see more positive development in that area. Definitely.
1: Do you, do you try and avoid sending guests to places that where there are where there is over tourism? I know that your brand is you know focused on sustainability, but if a a, a potential guest comes to you and is interested in visiting a place like that, how would you handle that?
0: Yeah, we very often have say requests for. Plum, which is known for the Flom railway and also a cruise that you can do from Flom to Gudvangen, which is in our UNESCO fjord landscape area. In July and August, we know that Flom is very busy and at times not very pleasant. So we will tell travelers that and we will make sure that they can go through Flom, travel through Flom on the way from east to west, but we very, very rarely have them staying there. Then we'll rather choose a beautiful eco lodge that is situated just 20 minutes from flam and make sure that our guests stay there instead and if they are insisting on going to flam and staying in flam then maybe we'll try to encourage them to travel at a different time of the year or maybe spend less time there and more in a different location but then it's all about finding out why do they want to go to that destination in particular because maybe we can solve their real want with another destination where they'll be much more happy they just didn't know it themselves
1: and that's exactly why people hire you to design their journeys for them that's that's brilliant yeah just one last question about working with suppliers just going back to your use of technology is there a technological component to with your suppliers with that relationship
0: yeah, absolutely. So when when one of our suppliers or partners have signed the partner agreement with us, we give them access to our portal. So it's called up to the partner portal. So this portal is for those of our suppliers who do not have their own booking system. Because we're not trying to replace automated booking systems that they may use. We're trying to give an option to those who do not have a booking system where we can log in or connect to through APIs so that they can find all their bookings from us in one location. And they're not overloaded by emails because they're receiving booking requests from us directly from our system. And when there's change in guest information, when we have some more guest data, some more information that we add, we don't have to send a new email. We can just update the profile on that booking. So everything is there. And it's easy for us to see what we booked. It's easy for them to see when is this up Norway is coming when is this coming and all the data everything is available so that's been a, a huge uh, game changer for us to have that up and going that's great and i'm sure your partners must love having access to that definitely many of them have been patient as we've been piloting the system but it's becoming better and better every month and we're getting great feedback
1: that's amazing now, looking at your website, hearing about your journey, I can't believe you started your business in 2016. It seems like it's just more than blossomed. You've got a whole team working for you. How have you, well, you know, what do you uh, attribute to your such growth and how have you developed a, a team behind you? Yeah, I think um, for us, it starts with our vision. We have
0: a strong vision. We want to become leading within sustainable luxury. We want to achieve that through creating best ever experiences for our travelers, for our partners, but also for our team members. And we want to make sure that we're contributing to make Norway one of the world's most attractive travel destinations. And we see that with the competence and the variety of backgrounds and knowledge of the people we have in our team, we can really make a difference We're enthusiastic, we work hard, we have worked so hard over the last couple of years and we've tried to look at how can we basically not go under with this pandemic, how can we be creative, how can we be agile, how can we go after new markets, how can we define projects that we can get funding for and we've really, really, really tried to make sure that we have not only kept our team but that we've also kept the guests who were booked to travel with us in 2020, 21 and 22. And we're now rebooking them for journeys in 22, 23. And just that strong faith in Norway as a travel destination, in our vision and the fact that we can make a difference for travelers by sending them on one of our journeys. That has really made it, Worth it for us to just put in that hard work and achieving these results in relatively short period of time. Because we see, we see our role as travel curators, as people who can enrich, inspire travelers to maybe make incremental or large changes in their lives, the lives of the people around them and the planet we live on through the places and people they are introduced to on our journeys. And we thrive and we get feedback, not just from our guests, but we also get it from our partners who have really enjoyed having people over. And I think that's all about finding that right match between the people and the experiences creates a great experience for the partners and for the people. So that was a long answer to your question. But I really think that faith in our vision, that boost we get when we get feedback from the people we work with, And the results that we see that we can achieve uh, just keeps us going,
1: you know. That's great. And I mean, now that you have such a fairly large team behind you, how do you see your role in the business as the founder? What is your main focus?
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's it's hard uh, because right now, of course, over the last two years, we've all had to fill roles that we're not specializing in because we have had a reduced team for certain periods of time. And we're now trying to really fine-tune that system of ours, the system that balances people and technology in the best way possible. But still, we don't have enough people to service all the incoming requests and the guests that we have at the moment. So sometimes we're not proud of the fact that it takes us too long you know, to, to reply to an incoming request or follow up as fast as we could. And we're also at a point where We have defined so many new projects that we've received funding for during the pandemic that we're now working on completing. But at the same time, we are dealing with all the bookings that we had from before Corona. We have a huge increase in new requests and trying to balance this all together. And at the same time, recruiting, taking care of our current team, our new team, it is so hard. And we are failing at doing this the best way possible every single day. But I think... Our team sees that we're all people, we're all human beings, and we are good friends. We have high acceptance of each other, that we have our good days and our bad days. And we understand that it will take us another few months before we're sort of back to that new, better normal that everyone talks about. Even with our partners, we see that they're understaffed. It's harder to deliver at the level they want to be at. So I think what we can do we can be really, really good communicators and try to manage expectations the best way possible. But I think that to be a leader in the way that you read in leadership books or all the fancy articles, etc., we're nothing like that. We're struggling at the moment and we're doing our best. But uh, yeah, it's, it's arms and legs everywhere.
1: <laughs> well, I really appreciate your honesty and just how down to earth you come across You you mentioned being agile and you mentioned exploring new markets. What, What do you see for the future of the business going forward? We've said that 2023 will
0: truly be our year. Like now we're preparing for 2023. We're selling for 2023. We're developing experiences for 2023. We're developing new technology that will be ready, you know, over the next few months. And we're really looking at boosting our team now so that we're ready for 2023. And then our goal in that year is to make sure that we can show the world that it's worth focusing on quality, that quality can be profitable and really see that we have a system now that works where we can cater to not just volume, but we can really cater to something that adds value to many people. And when we when we are there, uh, we do want to look at how can we take our technology further, like I was saying initially. How can we sell that technology? How can we maybe make another concept that can be a branch out from the curated journeys where we maybe sell curated experiences that people can book directly online? So we'll look in new directions, always trying to to go a step further. But our goal is not to be the biggest possible. It's to be the best when it comes to Norway and Norway in combination with the Nordic countries.
1: That's great. Well, I really wish you the best of luck in in all of that. Do you have any last wise words you'd like to share with someone who's just getting started in this industry?
0: I think um, just knowing that uh, it's such a rewarding industry to be in, but it's also an industry that is uh, screaming for people that are uh, educated, who do have experience. Travel is not just a business that anyone can do and do it well. It's something that requires a lot of hard work. It requires system. It requires the best people. And uh, when you manage to, to find the best team, the best systems, and you have a strong vision, it's really, really rewarding. And it really makes it fun to get out of bed every day and go to work.
1: <laughs> those are great words to end on and Torin I've really enjoyed this you're such an innovator in the industry and it's fascinating how you've grown this business if anyone's listening and wants to maybe book a journey with you or just get to know more about your business about yourself where is the best way or where how is the best way for them to reach you yeah they can go into our
0: website upnorway.com. Uh the most natural way is to do tailor my journey if uh, you are a business traveler or someone who wants to book a trip for pleasure and you don't want to fill in the form, you can also just send us an inquiry and uh, we're reachable through LinkedIn. We're on WhatsApp, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll, as soon as we get a request, we'll direct that in the right direction, basically. Great. But of course, travelers can get in touch with me personally as well. My email is on our website.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Torin, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Kara. Thanks for having us.